Got a problem? Fred Cleveland's your guy. He's always been up for a good challenge. And it didn't feel like work. It felt like I was given a series of interesting puzzles to solve. And in his 25 years at Eastman, he's had some real head scratchers, some mechanical. And they were both humid and hot and dirty, but boy, the work there was an awful lot of fun. Some professional. And so you weren't really sure when you let go whether you were going to hit the water or not. And some very personal. Well, there's, there's nothing worse than having something that is dear to you at risk and realizing that you are completely powerless to fix it. But he's had one constant through those struggles, the support of the Eastman team. Everybody is there with you, ready to help. I think that's what makes us different, and that's what makes us better. This is the Voices of Eastman podcast, a celebration of the success, values, and people that have shaped Eastman's 100-year history. Let's get to know Fred Cleveland, an engineer turned MBA at Eastman's largest manufacturing site in Kingsport, Tennessee. I was probably like a lot of teenagers where I thought that, uh, that I wanted to grow up and do something more exciting than what my, uh, what my parents had done. So I, I didn't really grow up thinking that I would end up at Eastman. I thought I was going to uh, fly jets for the Navy or design rockets for NASA and live somewhere exciting with bright lights and big cities. So it wasn't ever my intent to follow my dad's footsteps. As it turns out, those footsteps from his dad didn't force Fred along the same path, at least not at first. Fred soaked in the bright lights of Dallas after finishing his mechanical engineering degree from Auburn, but a call from Eastman shone brighter than any Lone Star ever could. Well, you know, my dad had always said that Eastman had a strong culture, that had a lot of good people there, and that if you were willing to work hard and do a good job, that you would have no problem finding interesting stuff to do in a long and, and fulfilling career. And uh, so my expectation coming in was that I was going to be able to do things that I thought were fun and interesting and work around people that, that I enjoyed hanging around with all day. At first, Fred got to hang around the folks in the powerhouses that supply Eastman's 900-acre manufacturing plant in Tennessee. Most of the work there was you know, kind of a mechanical engineer's sweet spot. A lot of piping work, a lot of mechanical systems, energy systems. And so I figured that um, the most opportunity, the most interesting opportunities would be in the places where nobody else wanted to work. So. I volunteered and spent an awful lot of time in uh, the Building 83 powerhouse, and they were both humid and hot and dirty, but boy, the work there was an awful lot of fun. And that fun included duties like the one Fred lovingly calls the human pipe cleaner. When I was very young in my career, we used to inspect our boilers, and, uh, and sometimes the, uh, the places that you had to crawl through uh, tended to favor the young and the flexible and the and the thinner members of the team. And because I was the young engineer that was willing to do anything just to, to learn what was going on, I got to crawl into some of those most tightly confined areas. I uh, made good use of those coveralls, I can tell you that. I cleaned out some spaces that probably hadn't seen a human being in, in decades. Wasn't always pleasant at the time, but looking back on it, it sure seemed like it was fun. For nearly 20 years, Fred helped keep the lights on, the turbines spinning, and the water flowing. But one day, his boss presented him with a new opportunity. And I read the description, 
And I could recognize that all the words on there were written in English, but I didn't have a clue what it meant because it was talking about a bunch of commercial roles and commercial duties that I had never been exposed to. And I thought, I have no earthly idea what this means. So I looked him in the eye and said, I'm in. And just like that, Fred was trading in those coveralls for khakis. It felt like you were swinging on a rope out over the lake and getting ready to drop in, only there was a little fog out. And so you weren't really sure when you let go whether you were going to hit the water or not. He was a fish out of water, and his new co-workers in corporate strategy jumped at the chance to help. They knew that I didn't know which way was up and didn't understand the lingo, but they were very welcoming. And they said, hey, this is... This is new, but you can learn it. You know, stick with us. We'll show you how this is done. And they, um, they let me learn by doing. And before long, I realized that, you know, it's a completely different skill set, a completely different way of thinking about problems. But uh, with the right supporting cast, uh, you can come up to speed pretty quickly. So Fred quickly learned a new set of rules. Uh, in the business world, you're dealing with other people that make decisions based on constraints that they know and you do not. And so the uncertainty is much higher. And no matter how much time and energy you invest in it, you're never going to fully know with great precision how somebody else is going to react because you're dealing with humans. You're not dealing with the laws of physics. In the powerhouse and in the conference room, Fred found out what made Eastman so special. People are there for one another in good times and bad. We used to have a saying in the, in the powerhouse, which was, don't mind the mule, just load the wagon. And I've seen that over and over and over in my career that Eastman people believe that they're not just out there to make a paycheck. I think they believe that they're out there to earn a living and to make the world better and to, and to help the people that they go to work with every day live a good quality life. And because of that, that bond with one another, when bad things happen, when you're in a time of crisis, when something's gone wrong, everybody's willing to pick up the rope and pull in the same direction. That was never more clear to Fred than in 2009, when his phone rang. His wife, Marty, was on the line. And she called me one day on the way to work and said, oh my gosh, I think Wes is having a seizure. Those are the kind of, those are the kind of phone calls that you never imagine you're going to get. And you never want to have, you wouldn't wish it on anybody. Instead of getting better, his son's seizures became more frequent. Uh, it seemed like every two or three days, every time the phone rang, it was a, a coin flip, whether it was going to be a, hey, I need you to go to the grocery store phone call, or it was going to be a Wesson's on his way to the hospital again phone call. Taking care of his family was disruptive to Fred's work at Eastman. He knew it. His bosses and colleagues knew it. But they also knew what Fred needed most, time to care for his family. Throughout it all, they gave me, the, they gave me permission to turn off the work Fred and just be completely dad and take care of Weston, and to be a husband and take care of Marty and try to keep the family sane and keep the family together. And having that permission and having that support and having that love from the people that you work with uh, not only helped me stay sane, but it gave me the strength I needed to help keep the family stitched together. It took two and a half years, but Fred's son Weston stabilized. 
and he's been fine ever since. It seemed like a whole lifetime. But throughout that time, the fact that Eastman was willing to be flexible with me and was more interested in me coming out the other side healthy and whole than anything else, that was, I think, a critical piece to how I and the whole family were able to survive that ordeal. These days, Fred is back in manufacturing, ensuring some of Eastman's most critical assets stay up and running, a different role surrounded by the same level of commitment from the Eastman team. I've been on an awful lot of different assignments, but what I can say is that I've never, I've never had to work with a group of people that I didn't enjoy being around. I don't know if that's true everywhere, but I know that I have yet to run into a challenge at Eastman that when you look around, everybody is there with you ready to help. I think that's what makes us different, and that's what makes us better. The Voices of Eastman podcast is written and produced by the Eastman Corporate Communications team. To learn more about Eastman, visit eastman.com.